response of an elemental woman ski <laughs> every night yes <laughs> what's your favorite element favorite element yeah i don't know i guess i'd have to say hydrogen it really started it all i meant like earth wind fire <laughs> <laughs> well hydrogen would be in all of those wouldn't it <laughs> what would you go with brent uh I go with the fifth element. Oh yeah, <laughs> you mean like whatever it was from that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's a uh, worse than his hydrogen answer. <laughs> the fifth element was love. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so a fake element. <laughs> um, you didn't. You didn't remember that? That the no. fifth element was love. No, I didn't remember that. That's what. It, I mean, I've only seen the movie once, I believe, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've seen it a second time. And that right. once was when I was in probably my early 20s, 21, yeah. something like that. So over 20 years ago was the last time I saw it. Oh, I'm a big fan of that movie. And I'm also a big fan of just, you know, love being the fifth element. Mm-hmm. Because without love, you know, Miller Jehovich is not going to fall in love with Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Like, if you're Mila Jehovich or whatever, and you see cab driver Bruce Willis, you're not really going to swoon. <laughs> I don't know. Bruce Willis is pretty swoon-worthy, especially back in the day. Yeah. I mean, cab drivers aren't, but... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the right cab driver, Alan. Yeah, exactly. The kind mm-hmm. that would get you to confess to something. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if they were to make remake the fifth element mm-hmm. do you think like they'd still make him a future cab driver or would it be like a future lift driver or yeah i feel like it'd have to be something slightly different anyway because yeah. cabs are anywhere besides like new york they mm-hmm. just have really gone the way of the dodo yeah um, i mean i'm sure there's other very major cities that they're still somewhat of a cab scene but i would have to think even in those big cities mm-hmm. um that that they have gone down significantly mm-hmm. since uh yeah you know, obviously, you know, you have people that are still looking for things in the spur of the moment, so they mm-hmm. want to hail something, and, and yeah. there are those companies that still fulfill kind that service. Mm-hmm. To that. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, probably Lyft or Uber or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, maybe it'd be a made-up yeah, yeah, version yeah. of that. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Luber. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, they combined. So anyways, <laughs> oh, do you have something else? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, today we're going over Season 7, Episode 22, yeah. Rose, uh, Portrait of a Woman. Really? Yep. Oh. Ski is going to be doing our recap today, <laughs> thankfully. Is this uh, a Part 1, Part 2? This it is, is not. Th- this is this the, is... the last non-two-part episode of the season. 
So next week is a part one, and then we've got a part two, and then we've got a part one and part two. Exactly. Gotcha. And that closes out the yeah. the series. Gotcha. Not our series, but the yeah, series yeah, of the yeah. Golden Girls. Yeah. So we've got a whole other 24 episodes to recap after that for yep. Golden Palace. Yep. It's going by fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things where it went by slow, and now it feels like it's going by fast. <laughs> it's weird. Such is life. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. Um, did you guys want to hear a couple other options I had for my intro today? Heck yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought about, uh, for Brent to say, was going to say, um, he's clearly not wearing shoulder pads. I am not. <laughs> Although I did have it on a chest pad uh, yeah, that's <laughs> less true. than a week ago. Um, I thought that would be a shot at your womanly shoulders. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I really think that way, but I thought it would have been a good one. Yeah. Um, I thought about le- uh, mentioning he is our leading shepherd and notary. Although hmm. I think Brent might actually be a notary, or at least he was at one point. I was. And I thought about renewing it, actually. Any reason that you haven't? Do you just feel like you don't want that big commitment yet? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also thought about for ski introducing. There's no way I'd be a leading shepherd, Alan. I'd be at least third or fourth rank. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't have that as an, a line <laughs> that I could reference. Um I did think about saying, feel the heft, feel the power, it's ski. <laughs> Which is actually how he does most of his shepherding. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if Pick Me was here, I would have introduced him as Attila the Sub. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, I think you just did. Yeah. <laughs> During our final episode, I'm going to reveal myself as Pick Me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you picked me after all. If you did, and then I go back and I start listening, I'm like, son of a bitch, that is Brent's voice the whole time. <laughs> He's just been leading this alternate podcast life. Yeah, this double podcasting life uh-huh. where both lives are almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> Obscure. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I don't have anything else to add today. Did you have anything else, Brent? How would you feel if you discovered that I did have a second podcast out there? Mm-hmm. And all it is is just me explaining the jokes that you guys didn't catch. Right. <laughs> I think I'd probably listen to it religiously. I was like, so in this week's episode, I was like, 1956, the poor man Charlie's Theron. <laughs> Eileen Wernos was born. Neither of them laughed. <laughs> Can you believe it, people? I'd like to think the name of your podcast would be... Uh... Laugh with me, not at me. (laughs) 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 Featuring the comedic stylings of Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Or explaining the comedic stylings of Brent. (laughs) Exactly. An introspection. Right. (laughs) Well, I don't have anything else prior to this episode, so Ski, whenever you're ready to kick us off, go for it. All right, then. (laughs) Is that your Harry Carey? No, but uh, I can try one. Who was that? Was that just uh, you? I was just trying to be like a jazzy oh, radio personality oh, there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Wasn't very good, but I can <laughs> try to... All right, friends, back on to the ones and twos. <laughs> I can definitely imagine Ski as a radio personality, yeah. although my friend James has definitely got more of the radio voice to him. I agree. Now, yeah. he would have to be probably like on a... AM talk radio. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> like Rush Limbaugh's yeah, you know, yeah. sidekick. Yeah. He, Who's one of Howard Stern's sidekicks? Uh, Robin Quivers. Sure. He'd be, <laughs> That's a she. That's the only one I know. <laughs> um, yeah, he'd be that guy, that yeah. girl. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> to, a, to the late Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. So. You know, I don't know if my dad ever learned that Rush Limbaugh died. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, he was, was he having, a fan? 
Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like he was, and like he was having some health issues when he died. So I know he didn't find out about it, you know, that day or week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like when we were communicating with them, you know, a week or so later, I was like, well, I don't want to bring it up, right. you know. And it's one of those things that you know, after two three weeks go by, you don't really talk about celebrities who died, right? Yeah. So I'm sure the Lord let him know when he's like, "Where's Rush?" and he's like. Not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Dad would be like, oh, that's right, he's still back in Florida. <laughs> if you want to believe that. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I like that one. That was good. <laughs> How would you feel about it if you got up to heaven? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's supposed to be all the people that were virtuous enough to make it mm-hmm. up there and whatnot. But there was like a big viewing pool where you could watch people being tortured in hell. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like they'd be like, I don't know if heaven's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if heaven should be so gloaty. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like the main attraction. Yeah. It's time to go to the, the viewing pool tonight. You guys will come with? Yeah, it's like they have TV up there, but all it is is watching different people getting <laughs> tortured. <laughs> like there's the 24-hour Hitler channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... I could imagine a scenario where, you know, I get to heaven, you know, and they're like explaining it to me. Like, they're not telling me, like, what's going to happen to me. They're just sort of explaining the process that goes into the decision making, okay. you know. And they're like, so, you know, you get X number of points for every good thing, and, you know, we subtract points for every bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you end up at, uh, you know, 50.0001% good, <laughs> you get it going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right on. And they're like, unfortunately, you were at 49.999999%. So, so you have to go to hell. And I'm like, well, so what could I have done in order to get to the 50.00001? And they're like, well, if you just sat on the north side at Dolly Stampede. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a fair. <laughs> I would have bumped you up a full percent if you would have made one less crack about Ski's daughter. <laughs> and then as Ski sitting up there on his golden throne, he's like, "Sorry," <laughs> gives you a shrug. <laughs> They're like, we're fine with you mocking perverts, just not ones who are also saints. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah, there's a long uh, story tradition. Yeah. Of... <laughs> so, but we've established, though, as far as canon, I die first then, right? I mean, I think it's... Almost definite. I would definitely say, yeah, that as you deteriorate as rapidly as anybody ever has, as rapidly as any non-drug user I've ever seen, mm-hmm. I think it's become very clear that I I'm used mostly to... healthy. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I think it's that fifty point zero 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 one to forty nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I know is that on the other side of those two folding doors over there, Alan has a picture of you getting younger. (laughs) 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 Like a curse, is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, Brent and I are siphoning off your youth. (laughs) Brent's getting a little bit more than I am, but I'm still, you know, getting some of the benefits. Fair enough, fair enough. Mm -hmm. I hope it's a beautiful portrait at the end. (laughs) 
Yeah, right now you're damn near a baby in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, how, so how would you feel if you come over and Alan actually has like one of your baby photos? Like he got it from your mom and he's got it hanging on the wall. I would find it extremely odd that anyone would have okay. other than like my mom. Right. Well, that's who he got it from. Like it's not the original. Like well, went I know, to Olin Mills like... and printed off another copy or whatever. <laughs> I would, I'm just saying I would be shocked that anyone would have it. Mm-hmm. Even as much as we've known each other like based on our whole lives now. Yeah. yeah. It'd still feel odd like. I don't have any of your baby photos. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So, so on a scale of one to ten, okay, like how creeped out would you be if you like came down here one day and you saw your baby? If it was just one photo? picture, I probably wouldn't think much of it. If you had like an entire room dedicated <laughs> just one, to my baby picture. pictures, it's just one picture. Yeah, I'd be like, it's like it's why like if you... it's a nice size, it's like a big eight by ten, like close up of your face. It's like, why do you have that? <laughs> I would say on a one to ten scale, yeah, uh, maybe a four. Okay. No, three. Okay. Three. Uh, now, do you change your answer if you realize that <laughs> the eyes have been cut out and I'm looking through it? <laughs> Four. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Brendan, is that you back there? So cool. Can I come back there too? It'd be cool then because it'd be my eyes looking through my head. <laughs> Like, look at those aged eyes looking at that baby's face. <laughs> so yesterday, I look at that baby on the wall. It's got the eyes of a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be janitor, okay? Right. <laughs> Amateur, right. not ready to go pro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prospective. <laughs> <laughs> What would creep you out more? Or I'm sure one would shock you more than the other, but what would creep you out more if it was on my wall or if you just went into like the local chilies? <laughs> Definitely that. You're right next to the alligator wearing sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh. I probably wouldn't even recognize it was me, to be honest. Yeah, we just found this creepy baby on the internet and we printed out the picture. <laughs> Unless it was like my mom and dad holding me or something. Right. I'm like, huh. I don't know. If it looked like Brian. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've seen pictures of us when we were little babies, so right. maybe. But uh, say, say like, you, like you had just recently seen the picture at your mom's house. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was fresh. A, oh, yeah. So it was dude. fresh in your mind. Okay. And then, like, you walk into the Chili's <laughs> and it says, um, you know, little Mr. Baby back 1982. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why do I not know about this? Where are my Where are my residuals? <laughs> I want my free meal. Would it bother you if you went in there and you're like, "Where did you get that picture from?" They're like, oh, "We just found it in a pile of shit at the Goodwill." <laughs> and I was like, "I just needed to clear out some space." So it was literally the picture I saw the yeah. other day. Yeah. Or it'd be great too if you went to the Goodwill and there was a box. You found the box of pictures and it was only pictures of you. Like she kept all the pictures of Brian and Katie. Yeah. <laughs> she just got rid of the pictures of you yeah. and your family. <laughs> like, well, I guess. I got to make space. What? I guess I'm disowned. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm still going to need someone to help me move. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, just the concept of little Mr. Baby back in yeah. 1982. That was a fine joke. Yeah. It really was, especially on the spot. Yeah. That was a good one. 
just a world of possibility yeah. in that. <laughs> oh. oh, I was going to say, though, um, yesterday was me and Nicole's uh, 18th anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Really? Like and, a marriage? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, we, we so were the right, 16th anniversary of making love for the first time? Over <laughs> 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 the customary two-year waiting period. <laughs> exactly. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> she, she wanted Who to make you sure you ran it for the long haul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when Ski does it, it's making hate. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think we are? <laughs> we are chased. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to go through your two-year internship program while you watched her make love to somebody else. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> oh. Like, can I please at least have the key to my chastity belt? <laughs> I'm tired of just swimming in my own filth down here. <laughs> wow. So, oh, I'll come back for that. Happy anniversary, 18. You guys do anything special? Oh, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, uh, we're no watch- baby back ribs. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you threw watched- your back out. <laughs> yeah, was, we were uh, watching Cannon. That was why we, yeah. we enjoy having him over, obviously. But uh, one of the things we were going to do is we were going to. Did you make him watch you throw your back out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were going to show him our uh, wedding album. Oh, okay. one, we have like two or three little. This one was one actually Brian and Katie made up for us. Okay. Which just means Katie made it up. <laughs> but. Uh, I know you guys say that I look fairly young, but I opened that up and I was like, yeah, I look like a 12-year-old getting married. <laughs> oh, back when you were the pretty young thing. Right, right. Before the drugs. Before the hard drugs, <laughs> yes. Before your, uh, what is it, the the thyroid medicine? Yep. <laughs> That's ravaged your youth. I'm over the hill now. It's, it's all over. That was it. Sorry. No, no, that's great. I'm, yeah, congratulations. I did see yeah. that. I think Sherry actually has it on her calendar. And I, you guys have, have been what twenty years? Twenty two uh, on mm-hmm. uh, Friday of Friday the sixteenth. Nice. Of uh, which June sixteenth. June twelfth. Wow. Yeah. By the time this is coming out, we'll have passed it by a couple months. Yeah. Nice. So. Congratulations, congratulations to you as well. Congratulations in Thank advance. Yeah. I know it's kind of gross. Twenty two years is a long time to be married. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a gross, but it's gross to be old enough to be married for twenty two mm-hmm. years. So yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah. half your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not at that point yet, but uh, yeah. Well, you guys you, when you include the sooner. relationship part, yeah, it's more than half my life. Mm-hmm. It's wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to show for it. <laughs> Isn't Sherry one of our like most loyal listeners? Well, apparently, she's missed a few episodes <laughs> yeah, she recently. Said she's been behind. <laughs> Stay <what she's> <laughs> She'll be happy to come back to that. <laughs> well, we'll see. Right. <laughs> We don't technically hit 22 for another four days. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel if you found out she was just baiting you? Like she's actually been listening religiously. Oh, she right. just wants you to let your guard down? <laughs> yeah. And let out all my deep, dark secrets. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to find out how that son of a bitch truly feels. Right. Now she knows. Mm-hmm. Now she knows. Cat's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Let me start. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. You guys need anything else? I'm okay. Coffee, we're all right. All right. Would you mind running out and get us something to eat? I would, actually. <laughs> you would mind? No, I would. <laughs> uh, Brent said something. He wants some uh, mushrooms, right? right yeah. I'm good, thank you. All right. I Season had beer and pizza earlier, so I'm fine. <laughs> good deal. Season 7, episode 22, Rose, Portrait of a Woman. Original air date was March 7th, 1992. 
uh, written by Robert Spina or Spina, and uh, directed by Lex Paceres. We uh, open up in the living room. We see Rose is wrapping a present for Miles's birthday, uh, which, based on the visual shape, is very obviously a golf club or a big dildo. <laughs> could be. I guess so. She claims it's a golf club with though. testes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very thin. Very thin. Mm-hmm. But some people like it that way, I guess, you know. Mm, Beaches only, yes. You're mm. the expert. <laughs> Blanche enters and sees. Skis like a lifetime of bottoming, you learn some things. <laughs> right. Man. You're the one who brought it up. You did. Blanche enters the room and sees what she's doing and offers uh, some advice. She suggests that Rose give him a sexy lingerie picture of herself. Mm-hmm. Rose dislikes the idea and says that she'd feel cheap. You know, like Blanche. Right. Blanche contests that it's a great way to show a man he's your one and only, adding that she's done it at least 20 or 30 times. <laughs> right. So. I really like that line. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dorothy and Sophia uh, enter, though, and uh, Rose asks them how they would feel about a sexy picture uh, as a birthday gift. Dorothy tells her that she'd rather have the cash. Mm-hmm. Rose explains, no, no, it's, for, uh, it's not for them. It's for Miles. And Dorothy asserts that uh, he, too, would rather have the cash option. If Ski gave you a picture for your birthday of himself, <laughs> you know, with nothing but like a, uh, you know, a towel tastefully draped over his, you know, mm-hmm. genitalia. Yeah. I mean, he was like, yeah, I thought this was really funny. Would you be willing to frame it and put it in your house? No. no. <laughs> Next no. up, uh, Mr. Babyback, 1982. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Mr. Babyback. No, I would not. Okay. <clears throat> well. We tried, Alan. Yeah. I guess we'll go back to the drawing board. For... <laughs> right. When he says we tried, does it mean you were the photographer in this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasted so much film. <laughs> <laughs> just because he doesn't want it doesn't mean there's not a market. Right. Have you run in your 35 millimeter film down to the photo mat? <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, Carl, <laughs> develop these. He says, more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeping that place in business. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Dorothy points out that Blanche uses the same type of uh, pictures for her Christmas cards. Uh, Dorothy kind of paints a picture of one of those cards. And her cards. yearly calendar, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. No, those are of the men. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she had one of herself that she gave out to the men also. That's true. Opportunistic. Yeah. So, uh, to, to, uh, two purposes in one, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Dorothy <laughs> paints a picture of one of those cards saying that she's in a teddy with uh, three wise men following the Christmas star. Uh, Dorothy invites Rose to go with her that day as she's speaking at uh, a high school career day to discuss being a teacher. Mm-hmm. She points out that Miles will also be speaking uh, about teaching at the college level. Uh, she says that afterwards they can go shopping uh, for a gift for Miles when they're all done. Rose uh, dives into a story about uh, St. Olaf and uh, someone named Gunter Handchop, the town's leading shepherd and notary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose found his account of a solitary life compelling and says she gave him a bottle of scotch which he appreciated until he found out how mean the sheep would get when they got drunk. Right. She compared it to uh, she compared them to being drunk cows which I'm sure we all understand. Yeah, I mean that's relatable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dorothy laments that she's uh, not really qualified to speak on career day anymore if she doesn't really enjoy the job. Uh, Citing that uh, between tight budgets, overcrowded classes and having to sub classes she doesn't like and having a specific distaste for driver's ed uh, because she hates putting up those cones. Yeah. Uh, Blance adds <clears throat> her memories of career day, saying that uh, it, uh, after attending 
she decided that she would be marrying a man with a job mm-hmm. or a career, <coughs> uh, they all head out the door. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and that little sidebar was Brent being extremely bored with my recap. <laughs> to look something up. He's like, F this. <laughs> oh, so What's on the interwebs? <laughs> Every so often, like, uh huh. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for content to contribute. But ah. <laughs> screw you. Because <laughs> you were fulfilling the job. <laughs> yeah. We changed scenes. Uh, we're in the high school auditorium. We see Dorothy speaking to several young students who look older. They look at least like senior level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she talks to them about the rewards of teaching. Uh, one particularly dorky kid who likely thought he was uh, hot stuff asked her what Joe thinks about all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she asks Joe who, he, of course, replies, Joe Mama. Mm-hmm. He and a few of the other uh, students laugh and then disperse. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Blanche is standing with Rose, again suggesting that she contact uh, the boudoir photographer. Rose continues to protest, but Blanche insists that she's making a poor choice. Right. She points out that Miles is talking to a young lady currently mm-hmm. and uh, begins to kind of play speak their conversation. This is actually probably one of my favorite parts of the episode, actually. Mm. Uh, making it rather racy and say, making it sound like Miles would happily cheat on her. Uh, this, tactic, this tactic works as Rose grabs Blanche by the hand and they sprint off. Well, I mean, we've already seen that Miles will happily cheat on her. <laughs> the drop of a hat. Like literally the Fair last enough. episode. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Uh, when we pan back to Dorothy talking to another group, we see Sophia has joined the kids. Mm. At the end of her speech, Sophia asks her again what Joe has to say about the topic. The kids instantly start chuckling uh, this time as they uh, know the joke and they All walk right. away. A single man approaches uh, Dorothy. Uh, he remembers her from his time in high school, saying that she taught his English class back in 1975. And they went on vacation together and <laughs> back in 1989. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when the regularly scheduled teacher had a gender reassignment procedure <laughs> and she took over the whole semester, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns over that he married uh, Mr. Adkins, the gym teacher. Uh, not the student, but the, right. the gender <laughs> reassigned mm-hmm. teacher. Uh, he tells uh, her that his name is Randy Becker and he was from the, her American Lit class. She, of course, remembers him as the kid that uh, regularly ditched class to go play pinball machines at the arcade. We learned that he has made now millions with his company, Borealis, which makes video games, and he is attending career day with a booth of his own. He tells her that even though his grades were you know, in the toilet at the time, and he was considering uh, giving up, Attila the sub helped him turn things around, mm-hmm. uh, helping uh, lead to his current success. Dorothy fondly remembers earning and loving that nickname. He continues talking to her uh, and as she has an idea. <clears throat> Excuse me. He he continues talking to her, and he has an idea. Since he uh, sh- he was so successful at turning him around, uh, perhaps she could do that for his sales team. And uh, he happens to be looking for a trainer. She asks if uh, he's offering her a job, and he tells her that he uh, would just need to check to see what Joe thinks about all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy's smile drops, and she asks what he uh, 
if he might mean Joe Mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives her a rather confused look <laughs> and explains that, no, no, he was referring to Joe Stewart, his business partner, trying to cover up her embarrassment. She called me her accounts. Oh, yeah, Joe Mama is with IBM. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun exchange. <clears throat> yeah. I like the actor <clears throat> who was playing the reform nerd or yeah. whatever. <clears throat> I know you'll probably talk about what he's else he's been in. but No, not really, because I did it the first time around. So I'll just say it's the second of two Golden Girls. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. But you can talk about it more. You can remind people what he was in. Uh, what was he in the first time? I don't know. Listen to whatever episode he was in before. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you to listen to... Uh, let's it was see. Vacation was the title of the episode, right? Yep, vacation was the title, and that would Season have been... Season two? Oh, yeah, he was one of the guys on the beach when they got stranded. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's been a little while, but... Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Ski. Uh, we change scenes. Sophie enters the living room and asks Blanche if she's planning to take Rose to the uh, dirty picture photographer. She says that she is, but uh, does regret not having uh, thought about her sitting for a portrait to get painted. It says that she has always wanted to have her, uh, or excuse me, she has always wanted to sit for a professional portrait to show off her beauty and southern fieriness. Mm-hmm. Sophia adds that the painter could also cheat. And paid her head to scale. <laughs> Dorothy enters and uh, asks them this, uh, how she looks. They tell her that she looks great, that she needs to, that she's going to be heading off to her first day of this new job. Blanche asks if the shoulder pads make her look overly aggressive. Dorothy kind of frowns and responds that she's not wearing any. Blanche tries to laugh this off and parrots Sophia saying, go get him, tiger. Dorothy generously tells her mother that uh, since she'll be uh, getting a raise, that her ma should get a raise in allowance, which I think is a bit premature at this point. Yeah. She hasn't even worked first day. So. Right. <laughs> She's already doling out the money. Yep. But anyway, Sophia is quite excited to hear this and gets up to hug her daughter, but hesitates to see how much her mo- how much money she's getting prior to determining what kind of hug she gives. Right. That also just seems odd that Dorothy's just sort of tithing to Sophia. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, you get 20% right off the top or <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> Dorothy hands over some cash and walks towards the door, and Sophia follows her with a lunchbox, having packed her daughter a lunch for her big day. Uh, she says that she packed the same items from her first day of school, salami and a thermos of wine. Mm-hmm. Dorothy exits, and Rose comes out uh, uh, holding a plaid, full-length nightgown. Blanche scoffs at this attire and asks her you know, where she's planning to take that. Rose tells her that she'd plan to wear that to the photographer, since it makes Miles... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sophia suggests that because it's because it's flannel. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, Blanche explains that she needs to dress up in a fa- fantasy type outfit as a you know special occasion. She asks what type of things Miles is into. Rose uh, tells her that uh, well he's serious, conservative, and cares about the world. Uh, Blanche perks right up and suggests that he, uh, they create a nurse costume. I think she even said nursey. Which yeah. yeah. I guess it's a southern thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. She excitedly takes Rose by the arm and heads back to the bedroom to get her changed. Uh, we change scene again. Uh, Dorothy enters a conference-style room with several men gathered around a table. She introduces herself and explains that over the next week, they will be discussing uh, how to articulate ideas to others. Uh, they moan in disdain for the concept. She promises that while many of them have been in school for several years, or haven't been in school for several years, this will definitely be different. An Asian man stands and announces to her that he has already read the book and completed all the assignments of the class, and he has even written a special report from his own research. 
Dorothy looks up at him in a very 80s racist way and replies, we're never going to beat you people, are we? Yeah, I mean that whole scene doesn't doesn't play well. No. Um, but <laughs> I don't. I'd mention it, but I'm I don't want to be too woke. <laughs> <laughs> it almost seems like it wouldn't have played well then. Uh, just pandering to Brian once again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon is that what his name was? I, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it was like, oh, that's a white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it, but maybe it's Ski's brother. <laughs> <laughs> You never tell. Yeah. Like I uh, thought when he was became a grandpa, he'd give up this woke shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Embrace his white heritage. Yeah. <laughs> he simply smiles with pride and sits back down. She then turns to the rest of the group and states that uh, they have a lot of material to cover in the next few days. A man stops her, though, and uh, incredulously takes uh, asks if she's really planning to teach them. She says, well, yeah, that's the idea. He explains that uh, normally these seminars are basically a free week in Miami. They come to the class, get their names checked off for attendance, and then head out to play some golf. Dorothy, without asking his name, uh, checks off his name as Harry (laughs) uh, from a list and asks if anyone else feels that way. As she speaks, though, the rest of the group gets up and leaves. Mm -hmm. Only the Asian man remains. He smiles and leans back in his chair. Yeah. now we're in the kitchen. We see Rose and Blanche reviewing pictures from the boudoir photographer. In one shot, Rose is afraid she's showing too much skin, but Blanche tells her to move her thumb. <laughs> Blanche is particularly pleased with one pic, saying that looks like one you'd see on on a calendar in a muffler shop. <laughs> I like that. May be my favorite line actually. Yeah. Rose is worried that it's not right for Miles, as uh, he's never seen that side of her. Blanche clarifies that she means her wanton or harlot side, her being passionate. Rose states, no, no, she means her rear end. Yeah. They I think always, she says her hiney. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She says they always get it on with the lights out, except for the time they were listening to a concert on the radio, and when the audience applauded, the clapper turned on and off repeatedly. Mm. Miles then uh, did a King Kong impression beating on his chest, and Rose did her best Godzilla. And, and as she thinks back, they did wrestle that night, yeah. but never actually made love, but they did destroy Tokyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rose exits, and Dorothy enters from the garage. Uh, Blanche inquires as to about how her first day was, and Dorothy tells her it was terrible, and that the job is really just a stand-in so that the students uh, could use the uh, trip as a uh, business expense. She says that she'll have to quit, but Blanche disagrees. She tells her that just because they don't want to learn, doesn't mean she can't teach. Right. Which I think is kind of what Randy had told her to begin with, right? Yeah, more or less. Mm -hmm. But Dorothy pushes back, and Blanche immediately folds and walks away. Yeah. (laughs) Just then, Sophia enters with her friend Lillian. Lillian is pleased to meet Dorothy, but uh, claims that after knowing Sophia for nearly 25 years, she never even knew she had a daughter. We can tell by uh, the introduction that Sophia is using Dorothy's new position, director of executive training for Borealis, as a trump card over Lillian's son, who is just a cable installer. Yeah, a lowly cable installer. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia never talked about her daughter, but spoke extensively extensively about a parakeet. Don't badmouth cable installers. I've seen a great many movies about them, and <laughs> they've got a tough job. <laughs> a great many movies, you say? Yeah. How many? Oh, I don't know. 37? <laughs> Frank, was, he's seen a lot of movies. Uh-huh. That's true. And and those thirty seven, they're not just a feature of it. They are the actual 
star of the movie in all 37, correct? They are. They are. <laughs> they are. You know, they have adventures and they still got to fix the cable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds like a tough road to hoe. <laughs> Brent knows the kind of movies he likes. <laughs> now, most of them also are not the kind that you would see in your typical theater. They're the kind that you might have Special to see. Special theater. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You might have to go through the saloon doors at the family video. <laughs> right. And maybe something where payment for their cable installing services is in services in kind as opposed to dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, Possibly. Yeah. yeah. It's a barter economy yeah. in, the, in the cable industry. <laughs> That's that's what I've encountered myself, actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, in these modern ones, the uh, the patron, if you will, is disappointed to find out that they're just going to be billed for the services. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sophia pulls Dorothy's head down and tells her that <laughs> in a hushed tone. It's a uh, horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go backwards. <laughs> the other chick's late, uh, son is a cable installer. Sophia never talked about her daughter, but spoke extensively about some kind of parrot. Right. Sophia then uh, tells Dorothy in a hushed tone to just go along with the story. And uh, when Lillian talks, then Lillian talks about, so she married a prince. Mm-hmm. We never know more about that. Right. Now we change the scene again. We see Miles thanking Rose for a delightful dinner. Rose explains, though, that the night isn't over. He playfully beats on his chest and says, Hello, Faye Ray. Mm-hmm. Side note, Faye Ray is the female lead in the 1933 film King Kong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. throwback to their thing from earlier. Yeah, no, no poor man's Charlie's their own, though. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> the, um, so, it still pops up on my, my calendar every year, because I just said it as a recurring thing, because I thought it'd be the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to see um, the 1933 King Kong in the movie theater. It was, uh, I think, March 19th of 2020, okay. like right before the world shut down. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, so that could be the last movie I ever see on the big screen. That would be kind of a cool yeah, throwback, yeah. though. I was, I was like... Kind of, kind of happy, but because I forget like what the second to last one was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't nearly as impressive. It was probably like fucking Shazam or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, that, that's a good, solid way to go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of my all-time favorites and everything. So, well, and then now we know that you've seen at least a few other ones since. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now any movie you see could be your last, but not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. Not necessarily because of the pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> and statistically, it'll involve a cable repairman. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> On the big screen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, that seems weird. I don't think I'd ever... That would be a gross... Yeah, like going to see a pornography (laughs) in in an actual movie theater, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine what that would be like. Yeah. Have they ever, that you you are aware of, had a theater like that in Indiana? I'm sure they have. Surely, you know, in Indianapolis in the 70s or 80s, there had to have been one or something. Yeah, yeah, more than likely, I suppose. Like, I wonder if, like, Hollywood Barn Filmworks, that's what it was originally. (laughs) (laughs) I get liquored up and yeah, exactly. watch her get liquored <laughs> These up. floors are sticky. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. But yeah, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. An all weekend uh, step sibling uh, extravaganza. <laughs> 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 
You don't always get specific, but when you do, it creeps me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like going off tropes, okay? <laughs> He's like, so tell me about this vacation you just went on with your stepsister. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, King Kong. <laughs> Rose hands him a gift to open uh, when the doorbell rings. Uh, while holding the gift, which we can uh, all agree that uh, looks like a framed picture, uh, he goes to answer the door. When he opens it, it's a group of men, which are his colleagues from the uh, college depart or English department. They all uh, greet Rose, and Miles begins to unwrap the gift that she gave him. Uh, Rose tries to stop him, though, and whispers it's a naughty picture of her. Miles thinks this is a joke, and she's just kidding and continues to open it in front of the other men. Uh, then he opens it, gives it a quick look, and then his eyes go wide because it is exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. Then he clutches it back to his chest to hide it from view, but the damage is already done. Rose heads out quickly, mortified by the situation. Uh, back at the conference room, uh, Dorothy addresses the men. She tells them that you know, before they check out for the day and uh, you know, kind of just click off their names and go play uh, golfing or whatever. Right. Uh, she like <laughs> that was weird. Go play golfing. <laughs> <laughs> go play golf. <laughs> I think it's just go golf. <laughs> Maybe but. place wagers on the local sporting teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm gonna use that for now. Go play golfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna go play uh, bowling today? Yeah. A Lee, bowling match? Yes. <laughs> Lee Carvalho's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> Say what? Lee Carvalho's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> Is that the guy with the putting challenge? Yeah, I believe yes. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. She tells them that uh, you know, before they go, she'd like a few moments of their time. They all sit down and re are pretty respectful. Mm -hmm. She gives a moving speech that basically encourages them to take this opportunity to learn something new, even though they're all successful grown men. They stand and applaud. She smiles with pride uh, when they tell her how inspirational her words were, but then add that they will still be leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they head out, and the Asian man turns to her and says that he must also catch up with Tojo. Uh, Tojo Mama. Mm -hmm. He explain he exits, and uh, Randy enters. He says that you know he got her message that she wanted to talk to him. She tells him that uh, she was hoping to wow him with her ability to fire up the the class of adult students, but has clearly failed. Right. Randy tells her that it's you know, a pretty easy job, and she shouldn't take it personal that her predecessor was actually a tape recorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, he wanted to offer the job as a way of thanking her for you know helping him as a kid. She tells him that she appreciates the gesture but feels that her abilities would be wasted if she stays and that she's meant to be challenged <clears throat> in teaching students uh, back in high school. Right. Uh, while a bit disappointed, he understands and asks if there's anything he can do for her. Dorothy then pitches an idea for a new video game. The premise is that a player gets to repeatedly kill an old white-haired mother mm -hmm. that talks too much each time in a new way. And she continues that at level four, you get to nuke her out of existence. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem real enthusiastic about it, but we'll see. Yeah, I bet you there's a game of that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just like a freaking... Uh, App, yeah. Or a gold girls-like tribute game. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's probably a side quest where you have to go through a maze to get some cheese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if there's... Um, if you guys, you guys watch I Think You Should Leave? I've watched about... Half of it so far, I believe. Gotcha. 
Um, Have you gotten to the Fred Willard sketch yet? That yeah, was yeah, about, I did. Wasn't that the greatest thing ever? I mean, I thought it was great, but I think you overplayed it a little uh, bit. But it, it definitely was great. That was great. And I mean, I have to admit, I know it's probably one of the dumbest sketches, but it's still funny. The whole coffin drop one is just <laughs> so stupid, but it's, yeah. uh, it is funny to me. Um, I watched that with you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were over there. He was That's playing uh, accordion, not accordion, the, uh, the piano, right? Yeah, what's it called? The organ. The, yeah, it's the like organ. The calliope. Yeah, calliope. There you yeah. go. Um, but, yeah, that was a great one. I don't know. Have, have you gone out to get yourself any wet steaks? <laughs> oh, but I did see somebody had posted a picture of a sign posted at the Sizzler about how you can't allowed to order a glass of water with your steak. <laughs> and like, like, we're sorry it's come to this. You've nobody to blame but yourself. <laughs> so, like, like, yeah, the Sizzler don't play. Um, so the third season came out, and there's a sketch on there that – sort of involves a video game and it's it's almost as funny as that calliope sketch um but then i checked and it's actually like now it's, it's a real video game out there that you can play oh, really? and it's <laughs> just like on the thing and it's absolute genius i love it so much so let's check it out yeah put it on the list yeah i think it may be on the youtube we can jump straight to it if we wanted to watch it after this episode i'll write them down we'll make that happen uh, we change huh. scene in the living room. Blanche tries to shine a light on the uh, embarrassing event Rose had just gone through. She recaps the event, and Rose fails to see the bright side. Blanche, smi- Blanche smiles, though, and says that she slept with the photographer. <laughs> the doorbell rings. Rose answers to see Miles, who feels terrible about how things have turned out. Miles tells her about a uh, Betty Grable picture that he had hung up in his army locker, in which she was wearing considerably less than Rose was in her portrait. Miles tells her that even though she was you know, the darling of America and a, a woman in her young, uh, early 20s, she only had the second most beautiful legs. Rose smiles, saying that he's talking about her. Right. But then he says, you know, continues saying, Rita Hayworth, she had amazing legs, or <laughs> yeah. gams, I think he's, he mm-hmm. says. He cuts himself off, though, before getting into, himself into too much trouble. Miles tells Rose that the people who are young and beautiful do so without any effort. Uh, but being older and beautiful is something you create for yourself. Or by skipping drugs. Right. Could be, yeah, yeah. He says that uh, <laughs> maybe playing a lot of uh, golfing games. So. <laughs> he says that if uh, he still had a locker, she'd be hanging in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely the context. Exactly. <laughs> I may say, have worded it differently. I don't I'm not remember. saying it's a meat locker. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I think he may have said it kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously we, we know what context, he means, yeah, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, if you if you just take it out of context, <laughs> yeah. if I still had a locker, you'd be hanging in it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, how sweet. Mm. Yeah, if you don't mind, put the lotion on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Dorothy gets home. And see Sophia wiping down a big new or new big screen TV. Sophia explains that with her raise and allowance, it'll be hers after thirteen hundred uh, short payments. Right. She says that she uh, got a deal after telling the salesman that she was Jessica Tandy. Dorothy tells her ma that she's uh, quit at Borealis and is going back to teaching. She continues that uh, she was unhappy uh, about not reaching the students, and so she's going back to high school. Sophia shows her uh, the TV remote and encourages her to uh, feel the heft, saying it could probably even start a car with it. 
She reluctantly tells her daughter to do what makes her happy. Dorothy tells her that uh, the TV will have to go back, but Sophia tells her that she may be able to pay for herself, showing Dorothy that she got the negatives from Rose's photo shoot. Hmm. She adds that it doesn't say much about America, but there's a market for him. Hmm. And that is the end. I see. I guess I was I was kind of glad she went that way on it because I thought it was gonna be the blackmail route, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm glad that she went the idea of like you know elder porn. Yeah. yeah. Well, later on we have the post credit scene in which Sophia is wearing uh, one of her nightgowns and making a few scandalous mm-hmm. and or patriotic poses for the photographer. Yep, my favorite was where she's holding the Italian flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a a slew of guest actors in this episode again. Um, Harold Gould making his final appearance on the Golden Girls as Miles, fourteen out of Miles fourteen slash Arnie. Yeah. Uh, Tom Villard he played Randy, his second of two. That other episode, in case you want to go back and listen to his credits, was season two, episode eight, Vacation. Oh, that's when they got stuck on the island. Yep. <laughs> We had uh, Keon Young. He played uh, Mr. Tanaka, second of two for him as well. He was in Season 5, Episode 2, Sick and Tired, Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Angelo Tiffle. He played Harry. Um, mm-hmm. 63 titles for him, his only Golden Girls. He had a couple soap operas, uh, 28 episodes of Days, in Our Li- Days of Our Lives, and 68 episodes of The Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. He also had one episode of, well, not one episode, excuse me. He was in uh, Star Trek Six as the... Um, Excelsior uh, Navigator, something mm. like that. So, okay. um, he was also on a couple other things: Seinfeld, Shameless, Night Court, Scandal, but all just an episode or two of each. Yeah. We had a uh, Gloria Darson. She played Lillian, mm-hmm. her second of two Golden Girls. Uh, she was also on season six, episode twenty-one, Witness. Mm. Uh, Glenn Vernon. He played Charles. Uh, Eighty-six titles for him. His only mm. Golden Girls. Um, let's see. He was a. Uh, one episode of Cheers and Columbo, um, but I think definitely we all would know him as uh, from the uh, the Devil Thumbs a Ride as a uh, Jack Kearney, the gas station attendant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course he also most, played a most believable gas station attendant I've seen. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, but <laughs> Almost as if it was his second job. Well, yeah, or first job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course uh, I'm but, sure that no one could forget him as Ding Dong Williams in the movie Ding Dong Williams. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also had a Dylan Lawrence. I think that's a prequel to Remo Williams. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Which is ironic because in Remo Williams, the adventure begins. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a Dylan Lawrence. He played the student. Five titles for him, only Golden Girls. Uh, let's see, a Robert Yakko played Don. Uh, seven titles for him, only Golden Girls. And Carol Spillman played the teacher or a teacher. Seven titles for her, only <laughs> Golden Girls. A lot of them would have to be like people at the the fair, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. People that were at the career fair. You got something. a whole line in there or something like. Yep. I mean, I think that's all it takes. Joe Mama. To get a credit, mm-hmm. I think you have to get a line. The uncredited people are, I think, the ones who added in their own credit after the fact. You know, yeah. because Maybe, they were, yeah. you know, on screen for a minute. Yeah. They wouldn't so. get that uh, sweet, sweet. Uh, Golden Girls swag. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, Ski, uh, how many, or excuse me, who was your MVP for this episode? I gave it to Dorothy. I said the episode was, you know, named after Rose, but it really felt like Dorothy's portion was the A story to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could agree with that. I went back and forth because no one really super stood out for me. I had somewhat issues with everybody, but Dorothy is who got it for me in the end. I, I think I switched four times where I finally... Settle on Dorothy, but mm-hmm. how about you, Brent? I'm giving it to Miles, just as sort of a lifetime achievement award. Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, I'd say it was a solid Miles episode as far as him being back to his decent self mm-hmm. yeah. that we've known him in the past. Yeah. Um, and how many slices then for you, Brent? Like three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. I gave you? it five and a half. I said it was a decent episode and funny, but uh, somewhat average yeah. for this I, season. I gave it a five. I liked both sides of it, but I wish they would have taken Dorothy's in a different way. I wish that mm-hmm. instead of Dorothy just kind of giving in, I wish she would have, you know, buckled down and got everybody, you know, involved. Mm-hmm. Kind of like turned into a till of the sub type yeah, of a yeah, person. That's yeah. what I was thinking yeah, would happen. Yeah, I feel like she kind of just caved. Yeah, she gave, gave up in. so easily. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just would have liked to have seen her. Even if after one, even she would have done the same thing and been like, yeah, these... Guys, I don't feel like I'm making a difference for them, even mm-hmm. you know after making them stay in the class. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would have preferred that she had a different tact with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyways, um, not bad. Especially since at all. I mean, she's there as a subject matter expert on you know communicating your ideas. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem like she did a very good job of exactly communicating yeah. her own. Well, they were proud of her speech there. They liked it, but uh, they're like, yeah, it's not enough to keep us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did give her a round of applause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So I don't know. Did either of you have anything else to add to this episode? Not this episode per se, per se but uh, maybe a little on the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Boy, I don't know. I, I feel like my mind just forgets about the back in St. Olive. I think it's because we do these three episodes at a time that by the time we get through one, I'm just already in a rhythm. Because so. <laughs> it used to always be first when we did these rotations. True, and then Brent's true. been first the last few times. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters to anyone listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... So, Ski, please regale us. Oh, did you have something to add first? I was just going to say, like, maybe you should peek ahead and see if we have any two-parters in, you know, Golden Palace. Oh, yeah. And maybe we can switch it around and have a different sequence or something next season. So, yeah, um, we'll definitely look into it and see what works out best. But, Ski, you can do your uh, Back in St. Olaf whenever you're ready. I'm ready. All right, once upon a time in St. Olaf. One year for her birthday, Charlie bought Rose a ticket for a charter plane, a private flight over St. Olaf for an hour, with only a few couples on the trip. They boarded the plane and got into the air. Despite the fact that it was meant to be a sightseeing tour, the pilot insisted on continuing the flight even though, or even when the sky quickly got dark and it began to rain. Charlie had worked the night before and was very tired, so he nodded off. Rose was in the window seat next to the wing. She looked out the window in an attempt to still see if uh, she could see in the St. Olaf countryside, but was puzzled when she saw what looked like a man standing on the wing. <laughs> she looked back into the uh, cabin and rubbed her eyes, not believing what she'd seen. She looked again and sees a rather ugly man getting closer to her window. She frantically call- hits the call button to get attention to the flight attendant. The attendant hurries over and she indicates what she'd seen out, uh, the, she saw a person out on the wing. She points out the window, but the steward sees only the rain and an empty wing. Mm. Rose apologizes, thinking she must have been imagining it. She asks for a glass of water. Charlie wakes up, still groggy, but worried about his wife. Rose insists that she's fine. She looks out the window again and sees the man on the wing. She tells Charlie to look out, but Charlie sees nothing. This basic scenario continues for several minutes. Rose continues to grow more agitated. She is increasingly frustrated that the man on the wing disappears every time someone else tries to see. Finally, when she is at the brink of mental collapse, worried that the man on the wing is actively trying to damage the plane, the entire group yells, April Fools! <laughs> the truth is that they never actually took off, and the entire <laughs> ordeal was conducted, conducted within a wind tunnel with extensive special effects. 
especially by St. Olaf standards. Old Charlie really outdid himself this year. Rose laughed when she finally calmed down. <laughs> she then be- began to plot. How will she repay this prank? What can she do to top this fairly impressive hoax? Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you may wonder, when did the uh, first wind tunnel uh, get built even? That's what I was wondering, yes, when? Uh, the end of the 19th century. Really? When they're trying to actually uh, begin, or when they're actually experimenting with different uh, ways of uh, manned flight. Very nice. So, uh, so it definitely have been around. Predates the uh, the invention of the plane. Interesting. The Wright brothers' first uh, pl- uh, flight at Kitty Hawk was 1903, and the first uh, commercial airplane or air air trip was 1914. Only 11 years later. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is <laughs> to invent that type of a form. I mean, a form of transportation that could easily kill you if it goes wrong. <laughs> um, now I don't know what the plane looked like <laughs> 11 sort years later. Sort of like later. a SpaceX flight. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, do you know where the first commercial flight was to and from? I, I didn't see that part. I didn't read that one. Pretty sure it went from Indianapolis to Gary, Indiana. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna guess um, from Minneapolis to St. Paul. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so the front of the beach to the end of the beach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So ski. I know this is really more a question for Brent, but I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> but I'll address it to ski <laughs> just to keep him in the game. <laughs> well, well the, the the question, um, at least in some ways, relates to a. Uh, uh, Something from Ski's past, it, it brought it to my mind with his back in St. Olaf story. <laughs> so a while back, I believe that uh, Ski's wife bought them like a ticket for a plane where the, <laughs> the plane did not leave the ground, to my knowledge, correct? But it was something where you basically could rent out a plane like a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. So you could join the Thousand Mile oh, Club. Oh, no, or... it flew. Oh, did it fly? Yeah. Okay, I thought it didn't fly. Um, no, it definitely did. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Ski's wife, you know, booked like a, you know, whatever, a two hour getaway for them on a plane ride, whatever it was. That story did not escape my attention while I was writing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, how long was the plane ride, do you know, roughly? It was like about an hour. About an hour. So, probably what, 58 minutes of, you know, Time to enjoy the flight in two minutes of lovemaking. <laughs> Ish. Um, so it's just the two of you and a pilot? Yes. Okay. They, and, they and claim you're... a very discreet pilot. <laughs> there was a little like barrier, so it wasn't like... A sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Like, So how recent was this? Um, like a decade ago almost. Okay, gotcha. So ten years ago, she runs a plane for the two of you to join the Mile High Club. Exactly, (laughs) and it was actually for our anniversary. Which is ironic because it was just yesterday. And the the pilot was a dude. Yes. So, so then I guess my question then goes to you, Brent. So I know, (laughs) I know Helena is generally somewhat conservative. Mm -hmm. I'm at least from what you told me anyway. Uh, If Helena were to book you guys a flight, a okay, first off, two part question. If she were to book you a similar flight, would you take advantage of the mile high potential? I, yeah, I don't. I know it's so far fetched, but <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, I, I would say that you know I'm on the no fly list oh. as far as that goes. But yeah, no, I just can't imagine. You know, I would be uncomfortable. You know, with just 
you know, there's the two of us and some third dude up there, you know, who I know has, you know, autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he's like looking through a peephole? Exactly. <laughs> Pulling back the shower curtain that How's Steve it going, claims guys? was closed. Well, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think it would be awkward to know that, oh, there's a stranger on the other side of that wall and he knows what I'm back here doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of cabin pressure and just a lot of pressure in general. <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, that kind of kills the second part of my two-part question, but I'll just ask the it. Second part? The second part was that if you get on the plane, okay, and you find out that it's not just the two of you, and there's, uh, like, say, <laughs> say four couples on this plane, mm-hmm. you all have, like, a bed-type scenario, situation, whatever, mm-hmm. enough room, yeah, and there is, we'll say, some sort of partition that block of sight of each other but not sound of each other. Yeah. And Helena's like, well, goddamn, when I paid for this, we're going to take advantage of it. <laughs> Do you think you'd be able to, you know, get up for the uh, performance and hearing three other people no, around, three no, other couples? I would not enjoy that at all. Not if you'd enjoy it or not, because you get it done. Yeah. <laughs> if Helena's like, goddamn it, Brent, this was a gift. <laughs> I do not spend money lightly. Exactly. Yeah. My parents got us that gift card to Groupon, and <laughs> it was either this or the taco platter. At <laughs> and you're like, oh, taco platter? Exactly. That's what I'd have gone for. And you find out that it was between that or something you truly would have loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like BOGO Doobie Brother tickets or something. <laughs> Fish meat and grease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, but you, I, I would think you seem like a virile enough guy that I think you were pressured into it by your wife <laughs> 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 that you you would get past your own self, you know, yeah. like I don't know awkwardness. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, she she asked for something, I'll give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most timid. <laughs> <laughs> like brag I've ever heard. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. <laughs> well, I hope you have a happy life someday. <laughs> someday. Stranger things have happened. Right. Now, you guys got the the reference though in the uh, Saint Olaf story, right? The start, uh, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I started to say Star Trek because of the William yeah, Shatner. It is William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did recognize it, but I always think about it too as the more modern version the of the Simpsons you. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where they oh, yeah, on the side they of the bus. A, I forgot about Parody that. of it, yep. yeah. But um, a good episode of The Twilight Zone, a great episode of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and a solid recap and story from Yuski. Yes, very nice. <laughs> so. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, now that St. Olaf is out of the way, mm-hmm. our recap, review. Mm-hmm. Ratings and all MVPs are all done. Anything else to say? You know, in 1956, February 29th, the poor man Charlize Theron, <laughs> <laughs> Eileen Wernos, was born. Good and, for her. And if you, and not for so many guys. If you have been wondering since last week's episode who Eileen Wernos is, listen to the end of this episode. There'll be a little bonus on there for you <laughs> where Brent clues us all in. Yeah. <laughs> See why he enjoyed it so much last week, <laughs> <laughs> and why we enjoy it so much this week. Right, yeah. exactly. But you know, until next week, yeah. stay golden, Coco. Mm-hmm.
Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. You know, on uh, February 29th, 1956, Mm -hmm. uh, the poor man's Charlize Theron, Eileen (laughs) Warnos, was born. I'll have to try to look up Eileen (laughs) Warnos. Yeah. Do they look similar or something? Is that why? Is that the joke? (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the lady that Charlize Theron, uh, when she won her Oscar, that Mm -hmm. she was playing. Oh, okay. Oh, the monster? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that was all the way over my head. Man, that's a really good joke. Thank but you. It's, it's, really, it's a, I'm oh. so glad you explained it now. I, I wish you would have explained it in the moment. But. Yeah. <laughs> I so much more appreciate it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like going to the people born. It's like, oh. Eileen <laughs> <laughs> Wernos, oh, the poor man is Charlize Theron. <laughs> For people who get it, they'll love it. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it'll probably be just the two of us since you just explained it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone out there says, I love Charlize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I should have saved the explanation for next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two weeks from now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were we recording? It was, uh, yeah, we were recording. Was so, on the end? Yeah. Um, Bonus content. <coughs> but that was my favorite joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree now. That was yeah. my favorite too now. <laughs> Hopefully somebody got it in a moment. Yeah, yeah I hope so too. I repeated it twice. Yeah. Because I just loved it so much. <laughs>